0: Hello, and welcome to the Jubilee Church podcast. Jubilee Church exists to help all people know God, find family, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you would like to learn more or connect with us, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. After getting my business degree in college, I was a financial advisor for six years, and I I loved it. I think I was wired for it, helping people put together plans and strategies on how they can make the most of their money. So I would explain the different options, you know, the different investment options, the pros and cons, and you know, kind of get their goals and hopes and aspirations in mind and then develop plans and strategies around that. And this is a huge felt need in our culture. I mean, the financial services industry is a $1.5 trillion industry. And in most cases, I would say these services are not just helpful, but critical to getting people on the right track financially, but to be honest with you, I mean, the best financial advisor in the world is just human. I mean, even the top experts, I mean, they don't know the future. They can't control the future. Just playing the averages, giving good advice on what they know. But what if I told you, you could get advice, financial advice from the one who created it all. Like the one who is the leading expert, not just in the world of finances, but in every single field. Not only that, he knows every intricate detail of your life. He knows the hairs on your head, and and you could be assured that he has your best interests in mind. Would you be interested? Well, today we're going to step into the office of the God of the universe, and we are going to get a little financial advice where he will explain to us not only how money works, but how you and I work. And he's the only one in the universe, like I said, who absolutely has your best interest in mind. So let's take a look. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. So Jesus here is laying out two ways of living. One is where we lay up treasures on earth and he tells us how that turns out. And then he says, uh, you can also lay up treasures in heaven. And then he gives us, you know, the pros and cons of that. So he's just laying out two ways of living. This is not a revolutionary thought. This isn't something deep. He's just explaining the way Things are that everything that you and I would call mine is temporary that 's all Jesus is saying all he 's saying is that the treasures that you have here on earth they are temporary why because they, you know they break, they have rust and uh, they get stolen. Uh, the treasures you accumulate here on earth that you and I accumulate, they have a shelf life now what 's interesting to me I find interesting anyway, is that he calls them treasures, right? He doesn't say hey, you know, don't, you know, accumulate a bunch of junk. That's not what he does. He he acknowledges that there's something about the newness that the treasures on earth Provide that 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 our heart longs for. There's something about new clothes that make you feel better. I mean, like you all could be going wrong in the world, but you get that new phone, you get that new article of clothing, you get that TV, you get that new car, whatever it is, there's something that happens in us that gives us a certain amount of joy and satisfaction. So you have to see here that Jesus is not playing some religious game here. He, he's just saying, hey, this is just reality. This is how it works. So there are treasures on earth to be found, and then he adds, but surely you know they're temporary. So he calls them treasures. Everything that you and I possess that are currently chasing, it's just gonna end up in a landfill. Doesn't matter how much you love on it. It Doesn't matter if you put it in a gentle cycle. Doesn't matter if you polish it. It Doesn't matter if you name it. It Doesn't matter what you do to that item, it's going to end up in a junkyard. So he's saying, hey, listen, you can get stuff here on earth, but in the end, the nicest of gear, uh, the most beautiful car, the most amazing homes end up being something that nobody wants. Eventually, it's all going to amount to nothing. And now, the scriptures are full of this idea. Like in 2 Corinthians 4, excuse me, yeah, 2 Corinthians 4, Paul says this, uh, so that we do not lose heart, Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Um, Comparing and contrasting the external uh, with the internal, uh, the the eternal with the transient or temporary. And this is a testimony of our visible and invisible world. And he says that that our physical body, our, our actual physical body is a testimony that something bad is happening, that outwardly we're wasting away day by day. And now if you're under 30, you may not... You know, you may not have experienced this yet, but if you're over 30, you're beginning to get hints of this. Uh, Like when random stuff just starts breaking down and you have no idea what happened. Like, you know, you, you hurt your leg, you hurt your arm, and you can't even remember what happened. Like I'm 45 and I just can't casually get out of bed. Like I gotta have a plan. Like I gotta figure out, okay, you know, you move this, do this. Otherwise, something is going Third, outwardly, we are wasting away, but inwardly, the, the eternal part of us, the, 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 the physical part of us, the earthly part of, part of us is wasting away, but the eternal part of us is being renewed day by day. And then he says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory. So all the things that we suffer, all the things that we experience, it's preparing us for something, something eternal, uh, beyond all comparison, as we look to the things that are, uh, as we look, excuse me, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So, okay, just look around you, wherever you are right now, in a t- auditorium or in your house. Look around. Look at your watch. Look at your clothes. Look at your rings. Look at your shoes. Look at your phone, and just drink deeply of that, because that's all there is like that's all you're going to get from that everything that is seen is transient it's here for a moment and then it's gone but here's the good news there are some things that are eternal that means that they are not transient they will always be so jesus says yeah these these earthly treasures man, they are treasures there's things in this earth that 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 bring a certain amount of joy they can stimulate our emotions they can brighten our day but the in the end They're temporary. They're temporary. And then he moves on to to verse 20. He says, but lay up for yourselves. Okay, so lay up for, don't do this, but do this. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Now, when we think of heaven, most of us think of some completely separate place, and all the reward of being a Christian is, is in the future. You know, when we die, you know, heaven is this place. You know, some of us are going to have a two bedroom apartment, some of us are going to have like 400 acres and a 32 room mansion. Like, you know, that's what's going to happen, and it's all in the future. Now, there's a lot of truth to that, right? So, uh, <laughs> 1 Corinthians 2, uh, Paul says this, no eye is ever seen, no ear is ever heard, no mind has ever conceived for those who love God. So there's this reward there. Heaven, I mean, this life to come is way better than the life that is. That is true. But Jesus said 2,000 years ago when he stepped on this earth, he said the kingdom of heaven is now. It's at hand. It, uh, the kingdom of heaven started in Bethlehem and it is here. And so heaven is not just some far off, distant place, right? Like I'll say it this way heaven isn't where God lives. God is where heaven lives. He- God brings heaven. Jesus brought heaven with him. It- it's not like it's some place that God goes to and that's kind of, a, he's kind of confined there. No, he- wherever God is, he brings heaven. Heaven begins for you and I when the light of Jesus. Wakes up our dark soul, and we get more and more and more of heaven until one day we experience it in its fullness. That's why, you know, a couple of weeks ago uh, in the series or in the in the passage about prayer, that we pray His kingdom come. May it be be on earth as it is in heaven. Like we want heaven to come. We want his reign to come. We want his rule to come. We want what God wants. We want that to be in our life. So Jesus here is saying, you can purchase things that are temporary that's gonna bring a little bit of joy and and he doesn't totally uh, downplay that. Or you can spend your money in such a way that your resources are expanding the kingdom of heaven. Romans 14, 17, uh, it's righteousness, peace, and joy. So you can spend your money in such a way that peace increases, that joy increases, that intimacy with God increases. You can spend your money in such a way that you get in sync with the thing, how things really, really are. Now, a quick perusal of the American landscape, and it's not hard to see that a lot of us are out of sync. I mean, when you sit back and think about how we live in America, there's something about life that I just think that we don't get, that we don't understand. I mean, by measure of disposable income, this generation, this is well-documented, uh, this current generation in America is the wealthiest generation the world has ever seen, but we lead the world in debt, we lead the world in depression, we lead the world in violent crime, divorce. So here's a legit question, is it working, Right? So you got heated seats, is it working? You got the house you want, is it working? You've got the car you wanted, is it working? Do you feel more in sync the way things really are? Now that you've got some stuff, do you feel in flow with the deepest part of your soul and you feel satisfied in that? Or do you feel a little bit more like an addict? Uh, you have to spend more, you have to get more, that you think this level is gonna get it to you only to realize you get to that level and you have to go up another level, another level, another level. It seems that spending, in my experience, always fills an income. And what I mean by that, when I was in college, like I didn't sit around you know, dreaming about $50,000 cars and vacations in Mexico because those things were just out of my reach. I mean, a good day for me was gas in the car and Taco Bell. But now I, those things are options. A nicer vacation is an option. A new car is an option. And it's not like those things are bad. I mean, you gotta hear this. Like the, the scriptures are never, uh, um, they don't condemn having stuff. What they condemn is stuff having you. And that's where Jesus goes next. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Jesus has given us two ways of living. One is where we buy these things that are temporary, and they always leave us unsatisfied. I mean, it's so fascinating. Jim Carrey, he said, he says, I think everyone should get rich and famous and do everything they dreamed of, so they could see it's not the answer. Jesus, that's what Jesus is saying. You, you know, you can invest in that, but you got to understand it's not going to satisfy that deep longing in your soul. But then he says, you can buy. so you can buy things that are temporary and they have a shelf life, or you can buy things that are eternal and will increase heaven. Uh, you, you can organize your days and dollars in such a way that heaven increases, that joy increases, that peace increases, that intimacy with God increases. And then he adds another layer to this. He says, he says but I also want you to be aware that the, that the way you spend, The way you spend says something about you. I mean, think about a mirror for a second. I I read, I I don't know if the stat is true, it's just, you know, it's what the internet says, that we spend an average of 55 minutes a day looking in front of a mirror. You know, some people upwards of 38 times a day looking at a mirror. Mirrors don't lie. Mirrors tell us what we look like. So if you've got, you you know, your hair's messed up, you know, it tells you what you Look like, and, and you can't lie, right? Like, I can't say, Oh, I'm 6'4 and blonde hair. Like, no, I look in the mirror and, Whoa, there's the truth. Mirrors do not lie. What if there was a mirror that you could stand in front of that showed you what you're really like? You know, there's a lot of personality tests out right now, and, and, and people love it, and people are craving it, and um, and people take these all the time because they want to see what they're really like. And, and, and I, <laughs> I wonder if we really do, because What if there was a mirror that showed us what we were really like, that showed us the depth of our heart, that can uncover the motivation behind all of what we do, that tells us exactly what we value and how we see the world? I think if a mirror like that existed, we'd all avoid it. I mean, I'm sure I don't wanna know, but because I think this text, that's why I think this text is worth days of reflection because what the Bible is saying here is there is such a mirror where your treasure is There your heart will be also. If you wanna know what you're really all about, if you wanna know your true mission in life, then take out your checkbook, get your credit card statements and stand in front of the mirror. How you spend your money, Jesus says, reveals what you and I are really about. Jesus here is not making an appeal for your money. He is, however, making appeal for your heart. In fact, all in this section, he's not one saying, hey, you should give because there are people who need it and, and that's true. He's talking about our finances as it relates to us, what it says about us and how it affects us. How you spend your money reveals what you really value and what you think is ultimate. My wife and I have a Maori family budget meeting at the end of every year, which is not nearly as romantic as it sounds. And one of the things that we do, it's an opportunity for us to look in the mirror, to look at the true conditions, the true condition of our heart and what we're really about. And sometimes when we look back at what we spent, we realize we're actually not as compassionate as we thought we were but it's an opportunity, just like a physical mirror, to make the adjustments and change. And I wonder if you would have that courage to look out, to get out your bank statements, to get out your checkbook and look in front of the mirror to take a look at what you're really all about, because it says something about the condition of your heart. And Jesus wants to help you. And then he says this, he he goes a little bit deeper. He says in, Verse 22, and this is a little bit confusing. He says, the eye is a lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? He is talking about here like your ability to see reality is affected by how you spend money. This makes more sense if you look at the passage in Luke, That's a parallel passage to this and Luke 11 and 12. In Luke 11, he says the exact same thing about the eyes. And then he follows that by saying this. In Luke twelve fifteen, he says, watch out. So he says that phrase. And then he says, watch out and be on your guard against all kinds of greed. And if you put these things together, here's what he's saying. He's saying that greed or more specifically materialism has a way of blinding you spiritually, materialism this desire for earthly accumulating earthly treasures has a way of blinding you from seeing how things really are and seeing how you are Jesus is saying that when greed sets in when when this passion this over desire for stuff sets in you lose the ability to see how things are and you begin to make more and more choices for what is transient over what is eternal and this affects The jobs you take, this affects where you live. It affects major decisions. I mean, so how quickly, like, you know, if I can make a little money over here, I just change my life because that's what, that's how you see things. That's how you see the world. And if you can upgrade, if there's a chance to upgrade and do better, it's just like, yeah, it's automatic that I would do that. But Jesus is saying, man, like, if you, if if this, that greed and materialism, you gotta be careful too. It, It affects your heart, but it also affects how you see. It affects your heart. It affects how you see the world. And it beca- you, get, you get darker. And what he's saying is that it just it gets darker and darker and darker and darker. So it's about your heart. It's about your sight. And then he says this. He says, no one can serve two masters for he will either hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and the devil. No, that's not what he says. He says, you cannot serve God, and money. You cannot serve God. The opposite of that, he says, is, is money. So you're, you're either gonna make God the center of your life or you're gonna make money the center of your life. And he says, you're either gonna love one, so you're gonna love God and, and, and despise the other, or you're gonna love money and you're gonna, you're gonna begin to despise God. You, you, there's not like this dualistic thing going on. There's one, one of these is gonna take the center of your life. And this is huge for us because one has to become greater and one has to be less. And so, so the question is, is which, which one is becoming greater and which one is becoming less in your life? Money can be the driving force or God can be the driving force. So my, if money is a driving force, it's gonna cause you to be blind to what is eternal or you'll just see money as money. It's just a medium of exchange that that you can use to actually store up treasures. And heaven allows you to see what is really valuable, what is really eternal. And again, I just have to say, the Bible never condemns having lots of money or possessions. I mean, I think it speaks of percentages and not amounts. Uh, It only so it doesn't it doesn't condemn having stuff. It doesn't condemn having you know making lots of money and doing well. It doesn't at all. But what it does, it warns us about setting our affections on money. So once it's interested in the heart, and it also uh, warns us to begin making that our joy and security, regardless of the amount. So how do you break free of this? Like like how do you break free of this? Because if Jesus is right, money. If money is something that has become ultimate, it is actually controlling us. It's controlling us. If we've made money ultimate, if that's, if that's the, it controls us. Well, the only way to break its power is to treasure Jesus. It means to make him everything, like he becomes your treasure. And what you treasure in life is that thing that if you can have it, man, then, you, then you've got everything, then it's all worth it. So this could be, this could be anything. It could be, your, it could be money, it could be relationships, it could be an education, it could be kids. Uh, if you remember Lord of the Rings, you know, there's a, you know, the, the ring in the story has this power uh, that totally consumed consume the person who had it and they called it the precious, they called it the precious. And what you treasure is the precious. And, and, and like, I think they do a great job of communicating like how this can be all-consuming in your life. The thing that you consider precious, the thing that you consider your treasure begins to drive you emotionally and it drives your, your actions. And once your soul begins to treasure something, you'll do anything to get it. The Bible says that anything that you make your treasure other than Jesus will insist that you die to purchase it. Did you know that? The Bible says that anything that you, that you treasure other than Jesus will insist that you die to purchase it. What you treasure, you will have to die to purchase. But Jesus is the only one who died to purchase you. Anything that you make supreme will say, live for me and die for me in order to get me. But if you make Jesus Christ your supreme value, he's the one who said, I will die for you. I mean, Jesus is not just teaching something he didn't live. I mean, he did not use his power. He did not use his abilities. He did not use his gifts to accumulate wealth for himself. I mean, he was able to draw big crowds. He was able to, you know, miracle special effects, Um, he could have made something of himself, but he divested himself of all earthly treasures. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. He had no place to lay his head. And his only possession, his garments were raffled off by the Roman soldiers. He divested himself. He invested nothing In earthly treasures, but he invested everything, his entire life for eternal treasures. It says in in, in Hebrews that for the joy set before him, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So I said, he says like, you you can live, you can use your money in such a way that that joy increases, that heaven increases, that peace increases. Jesus lived that for the joy set before before him, the joy right here and there. So somehow Jesus was able to look through the tunnel of time and for the joy of you and I being saved, a a present joy caused him to go through that experience for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. The Bible is clear that he gave up his treasure for us. 1 Peter 2, 9, we are a chosen race, a people purchased as his only Possession, and only if you see Jesus giving up everything for you, will you begin to give up everything for Him. You know, Jesus told the parable. He's like, he's like, when you really get your, when you're able to see clearly, like the kingdom of heaven, it, it, you're, 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 it's like this pearl of great price that you'll you'll sell everything to get it. Jesus is worth selling everything to get it. He is that valuable. And once Jesus is your Treasure. There's nothing else in life that you need, and you'll begin to see things for where they really are. You'll you'll begin to see the the foolishness and what is transient, and the and the permanency in what is eternal. And you'll move out in radical ways to um, increase this for you and for those around you. What is your treasure? Where is your money going? Are you willing to look? Here's my encouragement to you this week. I would encourage you to take a look in this mirror, to get out your, if you've never done this before, get out how you're spending and figure out where your, your, where your treasure is going to determine where your heart is. And that's all I want you to do. I'm not asking you to give anything. I'm not asking you to do anything. I it just just like Jesus. I want us. I want you. I want us. I want all of us to to be willing to to, to look at the condition of our hearts. Okay, what is my treasure? And then to be able to say, okay, God, I I, I want I want to see things for how they are. I, I don't I I don't want to spend my life on things that are temporary. I want to spend my life on what is eternal. And here's how we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. By fixing our eyes on Jesus. This is not about like we you know we can't pull ourselves out. We don't save ourselves. We look to one who is willing to save us. And that's how what we're gonna do now. We're going to turn our attention to Jesus, the one who gave everything for us.